is episode 116 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. You know, in years past, our ancestors have been called stiff-necked and hard-hearted. And really, honestly, this is truly a moniker that they deserve. Today, Hebrews in exile act the same way. We are stiff-necked and hard-hearted towards the Most High's mitzvot. And all we're trying to do is get our community back on track so we can be righteous in the eyes of the Most High. So let's talk about it in this podcast. Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go! Give me more power. Give me more love, yeah. Give me more passion. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And this is Hebrews in Exile. Oh boy. (laughs) So you were saying that you never what? I don't ever want to get complacent and lose the fervent fire, for lack of eloquence, about our people. I don't ever want it to become an issue where, because I understand that they, a lot of our people are so enamored in what they're enamored in. I'm not even gonna say Christianity. It could be Muslim, they could be Christian, they could be agnostic, they could be whatever they're enamored with. But I just don't ever wanna, and and like I said, I think it's a good thing that the Most High has placed within us the ability to always have a constant fire burning inside for the people to let them understand that you have to return back to the mitzvot. There's a greater good. There's a community that's here. And even though they don't get it, there's still that desire to continue to push them in that direction. And it's sometimes as as we are content creators, as we are teachers, as we are presenters, it gets hard sometimes to push through that. It's difficult to have a, a people that just everything that sometimes it just feels like I'm just being very cathartic. It's like a therapy session. It's to be talking and saying what we're saying and it means nothing to them. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the Most High has just given us an understanding that, you know, we have to press on. We have to do what we have to do. We, even though they don't get it, we still had to talk and make sure that we present the information. So if, not, if it's not for this generation, it's for the generations and our descendants that will come after us, that they have a roadmap to say that our ancestors, just like we look back in the Masoretic text and we look at our ancestors, how they conducted themselves and they, were, uh, adhi- they, had, they adhered to the Most High's teachings, I want to be a part of that group too when a generation after us says, hey, listen, were they compliant as best as they could in exile? Well, it's interesting because I had an interesting discussion this week with someone that I love very much. Mm -hmm. And they let me know that it's too late for them. Wow. Like. It's too late mm. for me to acquiesce to anything that you're saying. 
And it's too late for me to change what I have heard ever since I was 14 years old. It's too late. I have prayed to Jesus and he has answered my prayers. So you think. And all of the stuff that you're telling me about mitzvot, commandments, it's too late for me. Mm. That being the case, you and I are in a designated place that the Most High has set forth for us to be in. And that is to bring forth to the foreknowledge, and let me take a page out of their book. Okay. Let us hear what the Ruach is saying to the Messianic community. Mm -hmm. Those that have an ear to hear, let them hear. I've come full circle with no longer wanting to browbeat myself over the fact that the religious world does not want to accept truth that is written even in their European Bibles. Mm -hmm. Wow. Just don't want it. Just No. I'm talking now. It's important to know that the Most High says you are not to mention the names of any other, of any other L's, any idols. But we are, we are in exile And we are surrounded by this demigod that mm -hmm. is always present and in our face, just as our ancestors threw wood, stone, and every other type of idol in the face of the Most High. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Most High sent his messengers to warn them of their idolatrous ways and they wouldn't listen, which brings me back mm. to a position that I shared with you a few weeks ago when I was praying and querying the Most High about the issue of our trying to get people to hear when he told me, they don't listen to me, so why do you think they should listen to you? Yeah, yeah. That's wisdom right there. That's, that's, that's a true statement. So true. at this point, as I was driving home from the place where I had to hear this, 
I said to the Most High, I am no longer going to waste my time trying to convince Christians that they are in an idolatrous state and or that the, I can call them Bibles because that's what they carry. We carry, we, we carry the, um, the, um, the covenant. They yeah. carry a Bible. That's right. I like that. It's a better term The Bibles that they are reading are filled with error. I'm no longer going to try to convince them of that. I'm no longer going to try to show them that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we got to... The focus, mm. the focus has to be on those that have an ear to hear. You know what? It, 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 I'm going to tell you what, what just hit me is, is you gave me some uplift upliftment i don't encouragement that's what i want to use upliftment what am i talking about you had made mention a while ago that said when we were kind of transversing through you know and still learning to come into our own about this hebraic walk mm -hmm. uh, of the ibir that um we were focusing on our attention on other things other than what the most high had for his people which was getting back to the mitzvot and understanding the mitzvot. We were getting wrapped up in the language and all of the types of things, but it was, when you look at what the goat did, the goat, which is, I'm referring to Moshe, he taught the mitzvot. That's, the mitzvot. that's what his mission, his commission was to teach the mitzvot. And in the same vein of what you're talking about, I don't see any of the prophets going back and saying, hey, listen, this, it was, this is what it says in the tomes of Dagon. You folks that are believing in Dagon need to stop believing in Dagon and start believing in the Most High. And this is all of the things that are wrong with that Dagon uh, uh, manuscript and text over there. You never see them using any, any other manuscript to prove the validity of the Most High. The Most High stands on his own. So it's, you know, for us... I know why we keep referring back to Christianity because that's where our people are and that's where our heart is, is for, is for the people. But like you're saying, you know, I, I can't get enamored with people that are, have a blind stupor. And it's what's interesting to me when you gave your, uh, your testimony about the person that you were talking to. It's like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, do they realize who they're talking to? No. You're, you're, you were a pastor for, I don't know, umpteen decades no three four decades no and you made the change no they don't realize that's <laughs> so i'm like but 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 let's 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 go back in some history sure <coughs> excuse me got the coughs tonight what we are confronted with is ancient old ways and historical ways that are germane to the created man, which goes all the way back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's true. Agreed. Now, reading the book of Yasher, which happens to be mentioned in the Codex and the text, mm -hmm. reading the book of Asher, and reading about a gentleman by the name of Enoch who walked with the Most High according to the Codex and says, and he was taken. Mm -hmm. What's left out of the narrative 
is what this man did during his time on earth. Hmm. That's right. That's right. And the thing that he did during his time on earth was that he had a heart for the Most High and he was the he was the I want to say the forerunner of Mashe. Okay. In that the Most High imparted into Enoch and Enoch came into this world with a mindset in which that he was enamored and loved the Most High El. Mm. Now, there is no record. There is no record of anybody teaching Enoch wisdom, knowledge, and understanding or the ways of the Most High. Mm. There's no record of that. Okay. So that puts him in the same vein as probably Mashe because the Most High gave Mashe what to write down and to teach what he'd already given to Enoch, Enoch. Okay. Yeah. Methuselah, mm-hmm. Shem, mm. Noach. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the interesting historical narrative shows that during the period of time that Enoch was on the face of the earth, he taught men the ways of the Most High in the midst of wickedness. Mm. Mm. In the midst of a people who were walking wickedly before the Most High. The text says, and men walk wickedly before the Most High. Enoch came in, and to those, now, now listen, listen to what I said earlier. To those who wanted to hear Enoch taught them. Mm. He didn't. T- he didn't. He didn't. He didn't, touch the he didn't worry about the rest. Oh, okay. All right. All when right. he died, mm-hmm. or not when he died, when he was taken, the mantle of teaching was fell up on Methuselah. Methuselah then taught the things of that he had learned from Enoch. And the text says, during the time of Methuselah, men walked wicked before the Most High. Before the Most High. Now, mm. you're talking about our people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think Enoch was talking to? Who do you think who do you think Methuselah was talking to? His people. What people? Uh, uh, Mel- they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't, they, they weren't white people. Of course, yeah, exactly. They were melanated, melanated folks. Yeah, yeah. Who taught Noach? Noach learned from Enoch. Right. That's true. He did the ways of the Most, Most High. High, and the text says, "And men walked wickedly before the Most High to the point that the Most High chose." To destroy that whole generation. Mm-hmm. 
which mm. meant that Noah and his family had to start all over again, mm. raising, bringing forth mankind and humankind, out of which, out <laughs> of which we get we get a guy whose name is Nimrod. Yeah. Wow. And Nimrod took on the the ways of the Most High until mm -hmm. until what? Until he became so big in his mind and in his influence. And then the text says, and he began to do that which was wicked in the eyes of the Most High. Most High. Who are we talking about? We're talking about melanated people. Oh, yeah. You put that into perspective. You gave it some real gravitas there because even though I may be a little, I don't want to use this word lightly, but a little depressed about our people, it's still not the times of Noah to where everybody is not listening for you. What did you say? You said uh, before 120 some odd years he was in this ministry of trying to get people to turn. They wouldn't hear to the point where Most High had to wipe out almost everyone breathing, animals alike. The interesting thing about the, interesting thing about so the time bad. of Noah is that Noah walked before the Most High. I got this guy sneeze. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, it was there. It was there. <laughs> he walked before the Most High, and the text says that he was most righteous in the eyes of the Most High. That's what the Codex says. No. Noah was righteous amongst all his people in the eyes of the Most High, that the Most High trusted him mm -hmm. with a very strategic plan that the Most High had for restoring mankind up on the face of the earth. That was that chore was given to one man and his family, and that was Noah, based upon. Noah's relationship mm -hmm. that he had with the Most High that he learned from Methuselah and Enoch. Right, right. Because Shem ain't in the picture yet. That's right. So the look at the picture that's being painted. If I can take a real quick sidebar. The, the imagery and the vision as I have is even with the ark itself. I mean, there's a type and shadow there. there there's a parallel that's there. What's in the, the, the ark? The ark of, the, of what? It's the ark of the covenant. What's in the covenant? The covenant is the contract, the mitzvot of the Most High. What was in that ark um, that was when the Most High went through with Noah and destroyed, uh, wiped off everything off of the face of the, uh, off of the earth? It was his word because it was inside of the ark, the ark which Noah had. It was in a man. So, it was in the spirit of a man inside the ark. So we see this same thing, this depiction of, it happening again physically when we have the articles of the tabernacle, that same thing shows up, but it was actually a physical thing that happened. There was a predecessor of that, and that happened through through Noah with his establishment of him having the uh, the mitzvot inside him. There is a theme that runs through the through the historical volumes 
of the Most High's association with the created man. There is a theme that runs through that. Mm -hmm. The theme that runs through that is that, and men did that which was wicked in the eyes of the Most High. Now, with that being the case, you have to look also at the at the new at the numbers mm -hmm. that we're talking about. The numbers that we're talking about that did wicked are numbers that are larger than those that did righteous in the eyes of the Most High, which which is also systemic to the historical value of the mind of the Most High, that the Most High even today is not dealing with large numbers. He's dealing with a remnant of people. Mm. He's dealing with a small number of the masses. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a small number of the masses, it's large, mm -hmm. but it's still small because the majority of all of mankind that the Most High has created continues to this day to do that which is wicked in his eyes. In sight of the Most High. Yeah. So you and I can't be, we can't be um, um, in a state of being disenchanted because we're not affecting numbers we're in the same place that the Most High is in. We're in the same place that the prophets are in. And we're speaking to a remnant of people, those who have an ear to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. This, this trend follows, it follows a chronological line. Mm -hmm. It gets down from Nimrod. It gets down to to the fact that finally the Most High uh, brings into existence a man by the name of Avram. And Avram is born, the, the writers the writers use, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting that as I read the book of Yasher and I go back and I'm thinking about texts that I've heard that, on the birth of Abraham, and, and listen, listen, people, listen, people. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. You really should read if you have a good handle on the foundation, which is the Codex, the text itself, yeah. from its Hebraicness, yeah, not from its years, yeah. but from its Hebraicness. If you have a handle on that, you should go and you should read the book of Yasher. It's full. It fills in all of the missing pieces that are not, that are not there. Mm -hmm. The interesting part in dealing with this subject matter of wickedness and people not wanting to adhere to the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that they're being taught goes back, as I said, to the beginning. But we come through we come through Enoch, we come through Methuselah, we come through Noah, and uh, we get down to we get down to uh, um, uh, Shem mm -hmm. uh, and his father Noah, uh, who study in the house of Methuselah, mm -hmm. because that's where they get that's where they get their wisdom and their knowledge from. Abraham then comes on the scene 
end, the text goes on to talk about the magistrates that saw, that went to see Terak's son being born, Abraham, and as they leave, they are men of wisdom and men of astrology. They look into the sky and they see a star. They see a star in the sky and they see witnesses in the sky for which that they say, we are able to deduce that this child that is born mm-hmm. is going to be great and he is going to gobble up the king's and the people of the world, so to speak. I'm paraphrasing. Avraham then is placed into a situation where uh, Nimrod wants to have him killed Mm. because these magistrates, because of their fear of Nimrod, have gone back and told Nimrod about this child that's been born. We've seen his star in the sky, and it, it's 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 testifying that he's going to be great and greater than you. Mm. So Nimrod says, "Well, go get Abraham, bring him, bring him to me, uh, because we're we're going to, we're going to kill Abraham." Okay. Tierra doesn't do it. Abraham. You read the read the text. He, I'm not going to go through it all, but Abraham escapes, and then uh, Tierra allows him to to go and be hidden. And during the time that he's hidden, Abraham, you say you wonder where Abraham gets his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Well, he's taught in the house of Shem and Noah. Mm-hmm. He spends time in the house of Shem and Noah learning wisdom and knowledge that Enoch taught, that Methuselah taught, and that was passed down through these generations. So when we talk about mitzvot, when we talk about the ways of the Most High, the ways of the Most High were instilled in man by the Most High, just like he instilled it in Noah, he instilled it and gave it to Mashe. Mashe's responsibility was to write it down. Right, right. So now we have it in writing. So when we talk about mitzvot, when we talk about commandments, we talk about a way of life, the way of life that the Most High gave was first articulated. Wasn't written down. Yeah, it's it's... Yeah, exactly. It was passed on Mm -hmm. by sacred men that the Most High chose to give that information to. And yet in the midst of that, Mm -hmm. the text says, and men walk wicked before the Most High. So now we have to ask ourselves a question. Well, why is this? Well, it is this way because the Most High when he created man, he gave man the corporal ability to choose. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So we're not just as Mashe, just as Enoch, just as Methuselah, just as Shem, just as Noah. Noah preached 120 years to these, to these, to these, <laughs> to these black people. <laughs> right. 120 years. Fell on deaf ears. Built an ark, and they laughed at him. Mm-hmm. He loaded the ark up, and they continued to do wicked. Mm-hmm. The Most High opened up the fountains. Now, when it talks about he opened the fountains of above and the, and the fountains beneath, 
the text in the Codex and in your Bibles doesn't talk about the fact that when he did that, it was the earth shook. The sh and it shook so violently. The, the, the earth shook so violently, the text says, that even the animals cried out. Cried out. Oh. And Noah pleaded with the Most High about the violence because he was scared out of his britches. Mm. And the text says, and people, even after that, Didn't. they continued to do wicked before the Most High. Now we get back to we get back to the number to the number game. Mm -hmm. The only people that are saved during this during the deluge is Noah and his family. All of those other people, I forget what the numbers are, but they were, they were, there was, it, there was a large number of them that died in the deluge. When the when the waters begin to rise, the text says, the people begin to beat on the door of the boat to ask Noah to open the door and let them in. You know what his response was? Hmm. I. I've been talking to y'all for a long time. No. He says, he says, I've been preaching to you for 120 years. Yeah. And now you want to be saved. Now that you see that disaster is upon you, now you want to be saved. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't open the door. It ain't gonna happen. And so with this, with this in mind, you and I. I mean, I'm 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 on the back end of my time on this on this earth. Mm. I'm on the back end of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know how many days and years I have left. I'll go to sleep, mm -hmm. and you'll still be teaching this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there will come a time when disaster begins to fall upon mankind and their rejection of this truth is going to be the same as it was with Noah and his age. Mm. Mm. And whoever, whoever has the responsibility of teaching during that time is going to bring the record forward and say, the Most High has been trying to get your attention for over a thousand years. years yeah. And now, and now, and now you want to pay attention? Hmm. You heeded not none of my prophets. You, you, heeded, you didn't heed my prophets. <laughs> you didn't heed my warnings. I did everything that I could to get your attention and you continued to want to do that which was wicked in my sight. Now, yeah. there's a problem because people don't know what wickedness is in the mind of the Most High. And that's the problem. Yeah, they get a predefined, prepackaged way of looking at what wickedness is through the, through the guise of idolatry. Yes. What idolatry defines as wicked. being wicked. Yes. And it's, it's funny because you have... The, and ironic because you have the definition of what wickedness is in the same book 
that, I mean, in the book that they're reading, which is that Bible, it defines It's it. in there. Yeah. And Even it, in the Eurocentric Bibles, it's in there. Yeah. It's just the, 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 the stupor that's been put over, over top. It's the way it's been spun to say, you know, our poster child is Hebrews chapter 7. I mean, any time that you go ahead and you profess that you've established something and this is the way that it's going to be, this is the upgrade. And this is this thing that I was thinking about earlier today was that, you know, we've got, well, I won't even say that. The point is here is that they've got, the, the codex has been written. The covenant is there. It's in writing. You can read it for yourself. But because you have leaders that spin it in a way that show you that, yes, you can do what you, whatever you feel like doing. We can violate the word of the most high. We, and again, we talked about it in our last podcast that we just put out, is that it's, it's a system that's been put in place, starting with just simply disconnecting you from the name of the most high. Yeah. If we can get you a, away from that and get you looking at this, uh, this uh, uh, triune way of thinking and establish the, Jesus Christ <coughs> as as God throughout the whole entire book, then you'll look at it totally different. Listen. You won't even see, the, see Yahweh in it. Listen. I took this person through text and I showed him the contrast between um, yeah, I gotta hear this. Shemot yeah. chapter 3. 3 and 13. And 13. Yeah. And how it's written in Eurocentric Bibles mm-hmm. and how it's written in the, in, in the, uh, in the uh, Hebraic Codex. What you're talking about, just the name. That, that, that text talks yeah, about the name. Just, just the name. Just the name, yeah. And um, they, and then I, I said, and I says, well, I said, even though it's not there, it's written in Psalms. Mm-hmm. What is my name? Do you know? Mm. I write on the clouds and I'm known by my name. Mm. Yeah, at least you get the prefix right. of his name. Right. And, and, the response was, well, that's, it's too late because Jesus said, I and my father are one. And he's one with the father. I go, no, he's not. That's right. He, he, is, he is referred to in text as the son of man, not the son of God, the son of man. That's correct. That's true. That's true. And they're not the same. That's right. And I'm trying to show, I'm trying to show the fact that you can read all through text and all you hear is God and Lord. You never hear his name. Mm. But you hear Jesus' name. That's right. That's right. (coughs) And and, me for coughing this evening. I got I got my allergies are working. And 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 the the rebuttal was what? No, 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 no. Okay. Let me finish it. Okay, all right. So I go on and I go, well. I'm the son of my father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have my father's name. Mm-hmm. You call me by my name. You call me Robert. Mm-hmm. What do you call my father? Mm-hmm. You call my father by Robert. His, his name, yeah. Or do you call him Mr.? You call him his name. Well, you can call him Mister, but if you call him Mister, that's only a title. That's right. My father's name is Mister. <laughs> no, it's a title. So when you look at when you look at the issue that we're trying to that we're expressing here, which bring which brought me full full face with what I'm dealing with, 
I'm no longer willing to to go about trying to explain something to you that you can't receive. Yeah. And have no logical basis for a rebuttal to say, to refute what you're saying. Like, literally, it was almost the way you're explaining it. It's like, yes, I acknowledge what you're saying. No. But I don't want to change. No. There's nothing I'm not even acknowledging it. Oh, really? No, I'm not even acknowledging it. I'm, 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 this is what I've known all my life. You know, I've known this, this, this is what I've known all of my life. This is what I've been taught all of my life. So if this is what I've been taught all my life, and I'm on the back end of life, it's too late for me to change. Yeah, that, that didn't hold water at all. No, 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 I no, mean, no, no, yes, it does. Okay. Yes, right. it does. Yes, it does. All right. You have to think of, you have to think of the mindset that goes along with George Goebel's famous statement. Hmm. If, you if you tell, tell a lie long, long enough, enough yeah. it will become true. Yeah. And this particular lie has been, been in the works every since, every since Constantine. Wow. Now, 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 the lie... The lie of Jesus Christ has been in the works ever since Constantine. Wickedness has been in the works ever since the beginning. So now we get back to talking about what's this issue that's called wickedness in the mind of the Most High. Because if we go back in text mm -hmm. and we hear that... We, even if we don't read the book of Yasher, if we just read our codex, the, the, the Masoretic text, yeah, from yeah. which all Bibles are supposed to have been taken, mm -hmm. but... but Every transliteration of the Masoretic text is translated to meet a specific agenda. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But in them, in there, they have left in words that are germane to our text, where the Most High talks about wickedness, and men continued to do that which was wicked in the eyes of the Most High. What is it? That's right, because you don't get your definition of wickedness until centuries later. So what is wickedness, what is wickedness? that he's talking about? What is wicked? And he was talking about it in the beginning. That's right. He talked about it in Enoch's day. He talked about it in Malutha's day. He talked about it in Noah's day. He talked about it in Abraham's day. Mm -hmm. Long before the 12 sons were, were born, he talks about wickedness. And after he talks about wickedness. Long before J.C. comes on the, on, on the scene, he's talking about, and men continue to do that which is wicked. wicked. So now what is this wickedness that the Most High is talking about in text? Mm. What is it? See? Yeah. And it's, it, and Okay. Okay. And if we go back to text, we go back to text and we read, and Enoch taught wisdom, mm. knowledge, and understanding. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding are the ways of the Most High, which in, which in when Mashe comes along, that's Torah. So now we're asking ourselves a question. We've asked ourselves a question. Mm. <clears throat> Before we got here, we we're asking ourselves a question. Well, how was it that Noah knew to take two seven uh, pairs of unclean 
and seven pairs of clean. How did he know that? How did Noah know well, that was he clean. was supposed to, after the boat landed, how did he know he was supposed to build an altar and sacrifice clean animals? He was taught it right. from Methuselah. That's right. Right. That's very specific because he uses those words specifically. Clean. Your definition of clean gets explained later on when Moshe writes it down. And he says, this is what clean is. Yeah. Clean animals are. Yeah. So yeah. now you get an enlightenment of saying, okay, this is what this is. It's, it's funny that you say, I'm going to tell you, it's very cathartic, which is, it reminds me of an analogy that I had made long, long time ago, where I had said, which is, again, you're continuing to just raise my countenance about this whole entire subject. I had made mention, I said, this is no different than you've lived, like this person that you're talking to, it's no different from that person saying, you said, you said to him, um, or let me ask this question, is this, is this person that you're talking to, are their parents still alive? Are any of their parents still alive? No. Any of their siblings still alive? No. Okay, so they're, they're on their own. But let's consider this. Let's just say that you're talking to somebody and their parents are still alive and you say to them, um, or at least me for an example, I'm in my 40s. You tell me, your parents, who you thought were your parents, are really not your parents. There's somebody, there's another set of people over here that are really your parents. And I have to say, from a practical standpoint, if somebody told you that, because your mother's still with us, and somebody told you, that your mother is not your mother. This other lady over here is your mother. You would say, okay, well, do I negate the fact that this woman raised me my whole entire life? Am I just going to abandon her? No. Am I just going to say, kick her to the curb? No. And that's what I think what a lot of Christians are experiencing when they get presented with this teaching is to say that there is something that is here that has been pulled over your eyes and this is the truth. This is the paternity test that proves that the Most High is really the progenitor of your faith and actually the progenitor of a people that has you're part of this exile that's a part of us. He is really what you need to be focusing on. And people are just like, well, Jesus raised me my whole entire life. Exactly. And I, I don't have, it's too late for See, me to change, to go to something else. I just, I'll stick with him. I understand that, but I'm I, sticking with this. I, I do something that you don't do, mm. okay? Um, <laughs> I watch television. That's very true. Yeah, I had to turn it off. <laughs> I watched I had to turn it off. So you 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 get your information from YouTube and other sources and Yeah, mainly my wife. Yeah, you get She's your, my and, news central. You listen to the people up on the hill. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. I get my information from the from the from the boob tube. Okay. <clears throat> and it's interesting that there are today a plethora of minority um, daytime shows. Really? Yeah. I mean, like drama shows? No. Like, no. Like, what do you mean? Um, 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 well, Soap opera? No, 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 no. Snooze channel? No, of um, host. Oh, like on okay. daytime talk shows. Talk, talk shows. Talk shows. Okay. Got it. There's, there's a plethora of them. And all of them have this, they get to talking and their expressions, irregardless of the audience that they're, that they're dealing with. I mean, Jesus is the, he's the, 
he's the he's the goat that fills the building. I mean, you know, I, I mean, we talk about Jesus like you know, oh, G- oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, 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 <laughs> and uh-huh. you know, <laughs> they get animated with it, huh? Yeah, and so, but the point being is that. What we have to recognize, let's 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 go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back in our text for a minute. Sure. Uh, I can't remember which prophet that I'm reading, but there's a prophet that I'm reading that I read. I forget which one it is, and it talks about, and there was a generation who rose up who knew not the ways of the Most High. I'd say dang near all of them, but... <laughs> I mean, the text says it. There, there was this prophet, this king of, of Judah rose up to a generation who knew not Nothing. the ways of the Most High. Mm. So they didn't know anything about this. You and I are testifying to a generation of people who do not know the ways of the Most High. Mm. Just They don't know the ways of the Most High. That's right. So you and I can't, we can't fault them, which is the same case in the, in the history book of, of the Annals of the Prophets, the prophets recognize this generation doesn't know anything about the Most High. Most High says, I need you to go talk to them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to raise up a king mm-hmm. who's going to do that which is righteous. Mm-hmm. He knows. Mm. And he's going to have prophets that are going to help him teach the people what is right. Right. You and I are confronted with the generations and 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 generations, and I can go on to generations and generations and generations of people who do not know the ways of the Most High because they have been raised in idolatry. Yeah, agreed. agreed. And you and I are trying to, we're trying to fix it. We can't fix it. We can't fix it. The only thing we can do is the same thing that Enoch did, the same thing that Methuselah did, the same thing that Noah did, the same thing that Shem did, the same thing that Mashe did, and the same thing that the prophets are doing, and that is to speak to those individuals who have an ear to hear. Yeah, agreed. That's all we can do. See, you know, along in that same vein, you know, a, a generation that does not know the Most High you know, I what came to my mind is all as they well know as God. That, yeah, yeah, they do, they do, and I, and and we've talked about it on this podcast. But but but, but while they know God, they don't know the Most High. Yeah, they don't know the Most High. Exactly. So now you're asking, so well, wait a minute. What's is there a difference between God and the Most High? It, yes, there is. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> yes, <laughs> there is absolutely. And I think being more in specificity to me, when someone says. You do you know the Most High? See, the Most High has a behavior and a character and a yep. way that way yep. that He acts. So yep. when somebody says, "Do you know the Most?" It's just not simply saying, "Yes, I know a God." 
That's no, that's different. Do you know his character? Like I know you. We've I've known you for the last 20, 20 plus years. So I think I know a little bit about you because I've been in your presence. I know what your demeanor is. I know what angers you. I know what makes you happy. I know I, I, I know a lot of stuff that could set you off and a lot of stuff that makes you related. Do you know LeBron James? Uh, I, I know of him. I don't know him. Do you know Michael Jordan? I know of him, but I don't know him personally. And that's that's. The Do thing. you know Denzel Washington? Same answer. I know of him, but I don't know him personally. Yeah, that's my point. See, when it talk when you talk about the Most High, they know of him, but they don't know him personally. Right. Even though they say that, well, no, no, <laughs> they're not claiming. They're not claiming the Most High as their personal Savior. They're claiming Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But that's based on the fact that I and my Father, we're one. So if I have a personal relation with him, I have a personal relationship with the Most High. No, you don't. That's right. That's like the that's like the, like analogy earlier that you said. That's like saying, since I have a personal relationship with you, then I have a personal relationship with Senior. That, with Robert B. Holman uh, senior, no. that I, I don't have no. a personal relationship. No. I have a personal relationship with you, no. personally. Yeah. Right. So I guess that's what what I, original statement I was going to make was that in the individuals that don't know the Most High, this generation that doesn't isn't raised up, there's still a blueprint that is in everybody because the Most High is made mankind. So he's got his blueprint there. That's why I'm saying when we go ahead, even though they don't know. Of the Most High, you still have a connection, and that's what I'm thinking that this per this individual is saying. You know, it's too late for me, but you still know you have mitzvot ingrained inside you. No one has I, to I, I tell don't, no, you. No, 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 no. See, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that, I don't know that that's. Oh, is that what they're called? I don't know what that's what they're called. I thought it's just my moral, my moral character. <laughs> I don't, I don't see those as mitzvot. That's just my moral character. So. Then I would ask, someone had to physically sit you down and say that having relationship with your mother is, they had to physically tell you that? You had to be taught that? No, that is a mitzvot that's there, that's ingrained. That has nothing, that, it is a moral thing because mitzvot are moral and they are ethical. I would, I would agree with that. But, but you see, I don't know, but you see now, now you're taking something, you're taking something that is part of my nat my natural makeup that I have been taught by my family ancestors in terms of how I'm supposed to treat my mother and father. Mm -hmm. Okay? They didn't tell me that was in the Bible, and they didn't tell me that that was a mitzvot, although I know that I've heard, I've heard it said mm -hmm. that to honor your mother and father that your days may be long in the life. So, I mean, I'm, I'm doing that. But all this other stuff that you're talking about, mitzvotes and commandments that are part of my moral fiber, I don't know, I, I don't know nothing about that. I just do right. it. I do it because within the consciousness of my mind, it's the right thing to do. Is but he, now you're putting a spin on it that's, that's, that's trying to make me be accountable to a, to a, to a, to a superior being. I, I don't want that. Exactly. That's I don't what, want that. Exactly. Just let me do what I do. Yeah, exactly. And that's why Christianity is so appealing because it allows you 
no moral compass at all for your actions. Just you, let me do what I do. Yeah, you, you have no atonement for anything. Well, you say, well, what do you mean you don't have any atonement? Jesus paid it all. He, he atoned for it. Again, that is a fantasy. That is not reality. Nowhere in the world can you use that anywhere. It doesn't apply and it doesn't work. We live in a physical world. This is not a fantasy world. But look, but like I said, that knowing, I guess my point with all that is that saying that, which I, we agree, is that there are things that are written on your hard drive that are never going to go away. And all we're trying to do is establish it's been placed there because if the breath of the Most High Numa is inside you, which it says in the text that he did, he put that into man, then some of that has to be imprinted on you. Now, you don't know all of the mitzvot. Now, when we talk about knowing the mitzvot, we're talking about, you know, things that are germane to outside of what you normally just written on your hard drive. Things that are talking about the nation, how the nation is supposed to function. What, you know... Uh, Moadims and other things that are there. There's other mitzvahs. I don't that care. Are, but there are, some, there are things I, that are germane that you're just going to have. I don't care. I don't care because, <laughs> because when I die, I'm going to heaven. See, this is why, see, what you're, what, you're, what, you're, what you're acting out right now is this is why we both are just like, you know, we have to leave the room because you don't even have an ear to hear I, anything. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. I've spent my life praying to Jesus. Hmm. Jesus has answered my prayers. I love Jesus. And I was taught that when I die, I'm going to heaven. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care about these things. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm in the mode now because I got a lot, a, lot of, a lot of vinegar in me to really challenge people on that statement that you just made. No, you don't. Yes, hey. no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, no, you don't. No, you no, don't. No, no, oh, okay. no, 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 you don't. And, and here's the reason why, <laughs> here's the reason why you don't. Okay. Where in text, yeah, there you go. See, now where you. in text did Mashe <sighs> challenge anybody on their oh. wickedness? Where in text did any of the prophets challenge any of the people on their wickedness. What did they do? They simply came in the midst of wickedness, told the people what the Most High had to say, and they left it with them. No further discussion. See, you know what? This is why this I need is, to stop talking to you. This, they said, <laughs> you made a good point. this is what the Most High said. I'm going to tell you what the Most High said and... I'm leaving it with you. I'm not giving you any further explanation. This is what he said. There's no challenge to be made. Right. This is what 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 challenge? What hey, the most high said, either you do it or you don't. I'm leaving it with you. You're right. You're right. I was getting ready to go down a rabbit trail on. No. Challenging people on, no. on on that issue, but no. you're like you're right. It's it's no. it's a waste of time because our mandate hear what yeah. the spirit is saying. If you do not hear what the Most High is saying, mm -hmm. okay, then they're not going to listen to you, or they're not going to listen to me. Wow, the Most High has already said. If they're not listening to me, why do you think? They're going to listen to you. 
as much as this conversation is between you and I, I feel like this subject matter is something that even, obviously, the people that are in the text, in the Codex, in the Masoretic Text, in the Covenant, they experience it. They have to experience it as well. They, they have family members and people. They did. They and, did. And, and saying, I'm being ostracized because of the truth that I understand, and I'm trying to relate that to under other individuals, and I feel like I'm getting depressed because I, I, I'm not reaching people. But again... This is beautiful because it's it's saying we have to follow the the blueprint. Do you realize that's been established by our ancestors, do and you, they didn't do what we're doing? Do you realize? <laughs> do you realize that the majority of what we talk about and the complexities of life, the circumstances of things that happen to our ancestors in our covenant text to the world is simply nothing but a story. Mm. No, let me tell you, yeah, this, let me tell you the story about Daniel. Let me tell you the story about Moses. This is not a story. No, not at all. Not at all. Especially when the text is established. I'm establishing life and death. When did life and death become a story? Oh, well, let's look, it's just simply let's a story. Let's parallel. So you go to school and you study history. So does the history teacher said, "Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna tell you a story, story. about history." No, right. I'm. We're going to study history. Right. Exactly. Factual things that happen in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you and I sit and we talk about things that are written in our covenant. We're not talking about a story. We're talking about things that actually happened to people mm -hmm. at the behest of the Most High, where he showed compassion, where he showed anger, mm -hmm. where he showed patience. Yeah. Yeah, grace, long suffering. Lose all those terms. Grace, long suffering, all of it. All of them are part, a part of, of him. And you call it a story. Mm. Got some news for you. This story is playing out every day in the lives of thousands upon thousands of people who don't even know they're the most highest people. Yeah. You're living in the manifestation of the prophetic word that has been written in that book, and you don't see it that way. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm through. Yeah. I, I drove home, yeah. and I said, I'm done. Hey, I'm done. What am I going to spend my time doing? I'm going to spend my time talking and testifying about what the Most High has said, what the Most High is going to do, and I'm going to let the words fall on the ears of those who have an ear to hear. I no longer need to continue to deal with this issue of 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 this guy across the street, it's wickedness. Now we were going to start. We we were we started to talk about wickedness, but we never started explained it from the Most High's perspective. Right. So right. let's do that. Okay. So when we read in text, going back to Enoch, and men continued to do that which was wicked in the eyes of the Most High. Wickedness in the eyes of the Most High is living your life outside the ways and the parameters 
that the Most High has given for man to live. Mm. Simply. I created you. Mm-hmm. And when I created you, I gave to you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as to how to get along with me mm-hmm. in the place that I have created you so that your days might be long and peaceful mm-hmm. in the land. Yes. When you operate outside of that, mm-hmm. it's called wickedness. Whether or not anybody taught you that or whether you know it or not, in the eyes of the Most High, it's wickedness when we don't walk in the in the rules and in the instructions and ways of the Most High that He has given. He's taken out of the out of the mouth of his predecessors given to Mashe to write and compilate for us to, so that we can look at and we can we can now know what those ways are mm-hmm. that we establish this wisdom from. We go and we read Devarim chapter four. What nation is there that has an Elohim that's as close to them that has given them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that when they call, he hears. He's talking about, he's talking about mitzvot. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They're my misfos. That's exactly right. And just because you haven't been taught them mm-hmm. does not mean that the Most High is not going to hold you accountable for not doing them. He calls it wickedness. That's right. As we use that analogy all the time in here. So if you go before the magistrate or whatever local government, if you violate a law and you said, I did not know, what is the judge going to tell you? He said, your ignorance of the law is no excuse. Just because you didn't know doesn't mean that you're not exempt. So I was told, well, <laughs> when we get to heaven, yeah. yeah, we'll ask Jesus which one of us was right. What? Wait a minute. I thought you were being facetious. This is No, that's literally what was said to you? Oh, yeah. When I get to heaven, we'll, we'll ask Jesus which one of us was right. Yes. Yes. Well, you ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> and, and I said, well, I said, well, I'm not going to be a part of that conversation. Right. Because I'm going to be in the land. Right. And it's difficult for you to be in heaven when heaven, in your text, said a new heaven and a new earth was descending out of heaven into <laughs> the, the earth. Into so, earth. So therefore, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. If your writer John said he saw a new heaven, a new earth descending out of heaven into the Eretz, then and you and you subscribe to Revelations, then you're in land. Mm-hmm. You ain't in heaven. And perhaps maybe we'll be in two diabolically different places in land. Maybe. <laughs> may, may, maybe. Maybe. I mean, hey. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, this is making too much sense. <laughs> Perhaps to us it's making too much sense. Yeah. Now, we get to this issue of prayer. Yeah. Because now prayer works into all of this. Mm-hmm. Prayer happens to be a staple within the mind of humanity. But as you mentioned earlier this evening, there's no mitzvah that says we have to pray. 
Yeah, there's there's, there's no mitzvot. But hold up now. Yeah. Let's but let's but let's not let's not let's Diminish not it, yeah. let's not let's not take that out of context. Right. Because now the question becomes one: What is prayer? Conversation between you and the Most High. And you and the Most High. It's a conversation, just like you and I are sitting here talking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's the same thing. Yeah, it's when yeah when 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 you did the dissertation on Yehudidi. Yehudit. Yep. Yehudit. Judith. Judith. Miss Judith. Judith left the presence of ignorance. Yes, she did. Gross ignorance. And she went to her place in her house and she had a conversation with the Most High. Doesn't say she fell on her knees. Correct. Doesn't say she clasped her two hands together. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say that she went through a whole lot of other <laughs> things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. She had a conversation with the Most High based upon her experience that she had with the Most High. That's correct. That's correct. Conversation. That's correct. We looked at it as a prayer. That's right. That's right. And I actually, you know, in, in chapter 9, where you're referring to, um, it, it, well, I think it does say, she didn't go through all the necessary things that we call no, exactly. prayer. But, and, that, and that's what we're trying to expose is that when we look at how our ancestors do pray, they pray a certain way. And, and that's when I had made the... But let's, let's, but let's do something here. Okay. Let's take this out of the context of prayer and put it in the context of just a conversation. Sure. Yeah. Just, when they went... Listen, 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 listen. Listen. Every time our ancestors have a conversation with the Most High... If it's just a conversation, then in the understanding that we've been raised with all our life, it's prayer. Mm-hmm. Because it's a conversation. It's just a conversation. Most high's talking to most high's talking to talking to the prophets, prophets are talking to the most high. It's correct. Hezekiah's looking at looking out looking out over his life and he's going based up most high based upon my relationship that I have had with you. And I'm not going to go through the, the prayer. I'm just going to go through the analogy. Based upon the relationship that I have had with you mm-hmm. over the space of time that I have been a king in 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 Israel and your in Yehuda. Mm-hmm. Grant me length of days. Yes. It's conversation. That's correct. That's correct. Most high hurting. Mm-hmm. Stop time. Yep, went back 10 hours. Went back 10 hours, extended his life out to a longer specific time based upon the conversation that he had with the Most High. That's correct. That's correct. King David, you read him in the Psalms, the helium. He's having a conversation with the Most High. Mm -hmm. 
it sounds like in our in our reference, it sounds it's like, like a prayer. prayer. Yeah, it's a conversation. Yeah, yeah. In which that the Most High hears him and grants the conversation that he's had with him. Correct. Correct. Based upon the relationship that I've had with you, based upon the history of how I've seen you work with that with with Israel and your people and our enemies, I'm 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 ask I'm asking you to do something. Yeah. We call that prayer. I call it a conversation. Exactly. Which has a again has a structure to it. Yeah. Which you have enumerated. Yes. That says I'm 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 going off a precedent of what you've done before in the past. I'm exalting you, acknowledging you. You have created all things. You've done this before with our ancestors in the past. This is the particular situation. I exalt you. I'm asking for this particular issue to be resolved. Sounds however, like a prayer. Yeah. However you see fit. It was it's like a conversation. A, right. It's the, like you said. It wasn't you know on the knees and hands folded and uh, and eyes closed and when, all this stuff. Wasn't hollering. Wasn't hollering and screaming. Screaming you know, and all that. You know. I, I, I was I was quote quote before I before I got here. Mm-hmm. I was praying one day and I was and the most I said, "Why are you hollering at me?" <laughs> right, right. Why are you hollering at me? Yeah. Do you think being louder actually does anything? And 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 furthermore, mm. what makes you think that? You're hollering, and your emotion is going to change my mind about anything. We're having a conversation. Right. Can we just talk? Right. And I'm not deaf. Right. Yeah, like, would you literally, that's a great observation to make. When somebody prays, and it's a conversation, do you talk to them that way? Absolutely not. Like, we've been trained to, to, to holler and scream and foam at the mouth. When you're asking for somebody for something or for some deliverance of something, you don't go through all these geriatrics in order to do that. It's, it's been I taken know. so far out of context that it's just... We, you, you, you all are asking yourself a question. Where did these two Negroes come from? <laughs> I mean, they're just all over and out of the context of everything that we have ever known, heard, read, been in the presence of, and learned. And now they're talking this crazy stuff too. Well, I mean... But does it make sense? It, it makes total sense because when you look at how our ancestors did it in the, in, the, in the covenant, they do it exactly the way we're explaining it. And maybe that's something that's been in the back of someone's mind. Like, what, where did this idea of getting down on my knees? And now, I granted, our ancestors, in certain some instances, because Yuhidit does this later on in the, in the book, she does get down, you know, um, you, or you will see individuals get down on their face and drop down to their knees and, 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 that is in complete reverence. It's like saying, when, when I think about prayer, like you said, that conversation, it's like saying, you know, I have the ability to hear, or the Most High has the ability to hear what I'm, what I'm saying. But at the same time, as he's hearing what I'm saying, um, it's like the solicitation box that you have to say, you know, I have this issue. I need you to hear it. And I need your wisdom on how you want me to proceed with the matter. I know that you're in complete and total control. And if I ever get to the point where, um, how do I best say this? I'm putting myself in a vulnerable position to do your will or however you have it set up. It's not what I want. That's the whole entire thing. It's it's how you you decide you want to take care of it. There comes a time, there comes a time 
in our communication before the sovereign that it requires an act of humility. Sure. Most of the text in this realm talks about people going down in sackcloth and ashes. Ashes, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Kind of this grieving state. But before the Most High. Sure. That's a demonstration before the Most High of humility. Correct. And a demonstration of the urgency of the matter. Yeah. Which, again, in specificity, it is the ability to have complete focus on one on on your conversation with the most high it's blocking out everything that's going on around you and having a specific conversation i'm not i'm not worried about what's going on yeah you, sh- you shut you shut off you everything shut around you everything off and you are having a one-on-one conversation to say this is the seriousness us of what's going on that's the difference between having a conversation and then going ahead and, and going about your everyday business and saying, well, you know, I could have a conversation with the Most High when I'm in my car. Yes. Yeah, I'm having a conversation with the Most High in my car. Yeah, I can do that. But this is more of a refined thing where you're not focused on anything else, but focusing on, I need your undivided attention. The urgency, the urgency of the matter yeah. requires focus and humility. Yeah. Now I'm coming before the King of Kings. Exactly. In a different manner than just having our usual friendly conversation that we that we normally have, right? Because you, you, which, which, yeah, which, which we do. Everybody says, "Well, you know, I get up in the morning and I pray." You know, well, I, I you know, mm-hmm. I don't get up in the morning and pray. Yeah, neither do I. I find myself waking up throughout the night continuing the prayer that I started before I went to sleep. Mm. Yeah. And it's all mental. Yeah. I'm not I'm not rocking the house. You med- Oh God. Yeah. I thank you for I'm not rocking the house waking everybody up everybody up and and and, and what have you. It's mental. Yeah, it's... Listen, listen. We are dealing with a unique, absolute spirit who has the capability to hear. Mm -hmm. To hear your thoughts. Exactly. Without a verbal expression, to hear your thoughts. Right. I know what you're thinking before you even think it. I know what you're going to say before you say it. Mm-hmm. So why are you rocking me like this? I already know what you're going to say. Mm. Just say it. Just talk to me. And be patient enough to wait for me to answer. Exactly. See, and that's the be- no. I'm gonna get on my high horse now. That's the beauty of who you brought up earlier with Yehudit. In chapter nine, she goes into prayer, and 
she has this conversation with the Most High and she comes away with from that prayer, not necessarily knowing what, she knows what the ultimate outcome is going to be, but she doesn't know the details of how the Most High is going to enact this deliverance. She's actually going to find that out in real time when the situation becomes, reveals Listen. itself to her. Listen. So it's, it's this matter of saying, you know what, I'm so confident in what the most, because I called upon the Most High and I called on a precedent that said, this is what, how you acted. I am in complete, utter submission to what you are going to do in this situation. And I believe, I'm not no, believe, but I know that somehow, some way, you're going to reveal it to me in the time that it's required. And I'm just going to sit back and let it happen. But, but see, that's based on something. That's correct. She has to have some experiential knowledge in. That's based on something. Mm -hmm. That's true but it's also based upon the fact of the experience and the relationship that she had with the Most High. That's correct. Absolutely. That she had, she had the relationship with the Most High based upon the fact that she walked in his ways mm -hmm. and she followed his mitzvot and his commandments that goes back to the text, what people is there who has an Elohim that's as close to them that hears them when they call? Yeah. She's not, she's not. See, that's the reason why I said earlier in a podcast, I'm, I, I'm not walking by faith. Right, right. I'm not hoping. <laughs> right, you know. I'm not hoping something's going to happen. I'm at a position in my life of knowing the most high and my relation with him that I know when I talk to him, I know. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, man. I had to go see my surgeon three, four weeks ago. I had lung cancer in 2018. 19, they removed the lung that had the cancer in it. It was revealed in a x-ray that I had had earlier that year because I had the flu or something, and I, I went to get an x-ray to make sure I didn't have pneumonia, and they discovered this, this thing in my right lung. It was very small. Mm. It's called early detection. Mm. I don't have this early detection unless I have these flu symptoms by which I'm concerned about getting an x-ray of my lungs to make sure I don't have pneumonia. Oh, it mm. wasn't there the year before or the year before, as the doctor says to me. He says, this, this wasn't in your last x-ray, but it's here now. Mm. So that's in January. Mm -hmm. I don't get this thing taken care of until October of nine months later. Mm -hmm. They go in 
they check, they say, well, we think we, we got, we took the lung out and we don't, we think we, we got it all. And um, we're just concerned about whether it might have leaked out into your lymph nodes. So we're going to send you uh, for get for you to get some uh, chemo uh, just 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 as a precautionary thing. Mm. Went through chemo. That was in nine, That was in twenty. So I've got twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. So I've got four years. Mm-hmm. I go in, I do a C-scan. I'm looking at the pictures of C-scan. He looks over, he sees something white on my right lung. He tells me, he says, well, Robert, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be aggressive with this and uh, you're gonna have to get a, a PET scan. Well, I hate these things. Doctor uh, Doctor Williams, I, you know, he says, I know. He said, but you got it. You got to do it. Yeah. We're going to be progressive. We're going to be aggressive with this. Okay. I am praying. I'm having a conversation with the Most High. Most High, you know, I don't want to go through another surgery. I don't want to go through chemo again i don't want to Mm -hmm. i don't want this or whatever he's seen i don't want this and i saw it i said i don't want this to be cancer Mm -hmm. so I'm having this conversation with the Most High. I'm not screaming, I'm not hollering, I'm not crying, I'm not emotional about it. Mm -hmm. I'm having a conversation with him about how I feel. Mm. I spoke to him on, I spoke to him just like our ancestors did in relationship to his word. I said to him, you said in your word, if my ways please you, you would give me the desires of my heart. It's the desire of my heart that I not have cancer, that I not have a surgery, and that I not have to have chemo again. That's the desire of my heart. That's Mm -hmm. based upon your word. Now, you know, most high, and I'm speaking to him the same way the King David speaks to him in Psalms. Mm. Same way. You know my ways. You know that I am doing the best that I can to hear, to adhere to your instructions and your rules and your mitzvot in this exile. I'm doing the best that I can. And if I have violated one in any case, please bring it to my attention so I can get it right with you. Mm-hmm. I'm having this conversation. Okay. Okay. I go in and I have the PET scan. It's been... Three weeks since I've had the PET scan. Okay. Has my doctor called me? Nope. Nope. Hmm. Imagine that. So I'm going, well, he's not calling me. It must not be nothing, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I have to go in and I have to see my urologist. And I'm sitting there talking to my urologist. He asked me how I'm doing. I go, I'm pretty good. I said, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I guess. I said, I went and had a, a PET scan about two weeks ago, and uh, um, 
I haven't heard from Dr. Williams about what the outcome of the, of the PET scan was uh, yet. I said, I think if it was urgent, he would have called me. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, he said, let, let, me, let, me, let me go in, let me go in and, and look. Look in the look, notes. Let me look at the notes. Okay. He goes, he said, oh, there's nothing there. <laughs> That's why he called you, because there was nothing to report. Now, I could have taken a position that was different than that, but I I went to the Most High. I had a conversation with him based upon his word. Right. And based upon prior experience that I'd had with him, and I come out negative. See? Beautiful. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't emotional. Right. I wasn't hollering. Right. Just conversation. But you did something that was very key, quintessential, important. What's that? You used precedent to bind the Most High to his word. Now he has to enact upon it. You've done it before. He has to enact upon it. So I would say if anybody wants to get better in their prayer life, you need to learn the history and the mitzvot so you can call upon them at will. The more you know about that, the more situations that you see your ancestors in, you, he, you he do, did the same thing. She called hey. upon a situation that happened with her ancestors in the tribe of Simeon and said, based on this precedent here, if you don't know nothing over there, if you have people telling you you don't need to read that, you hey, don't I'm, need to know nothing over I'm, there, then what they're inherently doing is telling you the ear of the Most High, you're shutting off. So all these prayer conferences that you want to go to and people are telling you how to pray they're actually telling you how to shut the ear of the most high I'm, because I, you need to have yeah. a rooted and grounded yeah I, hey i i mean that, i mean i didn't i didn't need to make a laundry list right i just told him i am walking in the understanding of your ways and your teaching, and your teaching. i didn't need to well, you know i don't eat pig you know i don't need i don't eat fish without fence and scales I know well, you, made you know. I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have to go through that specific. I said, I walk yeah. in your ways. I walk in your teaching. He knows what they are, yeah. and I know what they are exactly. So I don't have to spell them out specifically. Right? You don't. You don't. You don't. As did not. As did not the king. In Psalms 119. In Psalms 119, he says, "You know that I have walked in your way." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christians don't know what the word way means to the most high. Exactly. What are you talking about? I walked in your way. What are you talking about? Yeah. Matter of fact, you told me my ways are weak and ineffective and don't accomplish nothing. So since they don't accomplish nothing, I guess your prayer ain't going to accomplish nothing either to me either. You know, so so it takes us back, Sean, <laughs> full circle to this idea of being concerned about our people hearing. I'm not concerned about our people hearing. I'm concerned about those who have an ear to hear. Let them hear what the Ruach is speaking to them. Now, with that all being said, if you really, listen, let me put. Let, 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 let me let me go inside. Let me, let me go back inside. Let me go back inside Yasher. Okay. 
Avraham had a brother whose name was Haran. Haran, yeah. And the text says Haran died before Terak. So now you have to research and find out, well, why did this happen? Well, it happened because <laughs> Abraham, <laughs> Tierra lied on his son. That's Haran. right. He threw him under a car. He threw him under, <laughs> under a bus. Okay? And in the process of dealing with Abraham, because Abraham had destroyed all of his father's idols, mm-hmm. whose word got back to Nimrod, Nimrod caused Abraham to be brought before him and Tierra to be brought before him. Nimrod asked Tierra, who, who, who told you to bring me somebody else's child when I told you to bring me your son because right. I was going to kill him, but you brought... Who told you to do that? Tierra said, Haran did. So, well, go get Haran, bring him here. That's right. That's exactly what happened. We're going to take Haran and we're going to take Abraham and we're going to throw him into the fiery Fire furnace. furnace. So the yeah. fiery furnace is not the first thing. I mean, Daniel in the fire furnace is not the first one. Abraham succumbed to the same thing yep. and he survived. But the text says that his brother Haran did not survive. He did not, he, he, he died because his heart was not pure. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Wait, Siri, there's a good Siri, response. Siri knows. Siri, Siri, Siri just responded for you. Oh, I don't know how to respond to that. Now, here's the point. Here's the point. The Most High knows the heart. He says, I know the heart. I try the reins of the heart. Mm-hmm. He knows what's in the heart. Mm-hmm. The pureness of your heart defines your outcome that you're going to have with the Most High, which means mm-hmm. you can live or die based upon your heart. Now when, we, now, when we talk about live or die, we're talking about inhaling, exhaling one, right? and we're talking about being cut off from the Most High, period, right. eternally, forever, which is, what, which, which is what he defines happens to people who are wicked, mm-hmm. but you don't know what wicked means. That's correct. So what you have to do... Siri's talking to me. It's funny. I'm having this conversation. Siri's talking Siri to me. wants to join in with us. Now, when it comes to the aspect of eternal salvation, mm-hmm. eternal salvation is going to be based upon your heart. It's not going to be based upon anything. It's not going to be based upon whether you believe in Jesus Christ, whether you believe in whatever you believe. It's going to be based on your heart's relationship with the one who created you. That's what eternal life is going to be based upon. Mm. Mm. Now, you can know if you're going to have eternal life. You can know. Mm -hmm. Or you can hope. 
I don't want to be in that category. Or you can hope you're going to have eternal life. Exactly. Because what I hear most Christians say, well, I all I, I just I just I just hope I just hope I'm going to be saved. I just hope I'm going to have eternal. No. Over here, in this Hebraic way, mm-hmm. we're not dealing with hope. We're dealing with knowledge. It's correct. And the factual knowledge based upon the relationship that we have with the Most High that has been set out by him mm-hmm. for me to follow, I know I'll have eternal life. That's right. And the only way I won't have eternal life is if I do a fool's thing. Because mm-hmm. here's how you define a fool. A fool does that which is right in his own eyes. Yeah. And he sets aside the wisdom, knowledge of the Most High because it conflicts with his way of thinking and his way of life. Mm -hmm. That's a fool. Mm. Wisdom says, you created me, Most High. You gave me rules. Mm. You gave me teachings to follow. I'm going to follow those to the best of my ability in this exile. Mm Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I walk in your ways. I know that you hear me because your word said if I did it, you would hear me. I know I'm going to have eternal life because your word said that if I did this, I'd have eternal life. I'm not hoping. I'm not walking, walking by faith. I'm not walking by faith. I'm walking by knowledge. Right. The experiential knowledge that you experiential have. Experiential knowledge, not cognitive knowledge, experiential yeah. knowledge. I'm walking by experiential knowledge. Hey, let's close with this. Abraham had no problem going into the fiery furnace. Matter of fact, let's, cl- let's uh, I don't know, I don't know where we are in time. But let's look at something. Mm-hmm. They lit Nimrod's furnace and got it hot. I think it was for three weeks. I couldn't be off in the time. But they lit that thing for three weeks to get it as hot as they possibly could get it before they threw Abraham in his britches, in his drawers, and his brother into the fiery furnace. You know what? In in, in that place, in that text, doesn't it say that while he was throwing people in there, people were getting toe up? Yeah. The people that were actually putting him in there were dying trying to get them in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they came back and told Nimrod that, uh, (laughs) said, (laughs) Abraham's walking around in the midst of the fire. Mm Mm-hmm. And and uh, his britches, his drawers aren't even scorched. Mm. Nimrod said, "Oh, uh, he said he wouldn't go. Send somebody down to check that out. Send down, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, they said, get him out. <laughs> we can't get in to get him out. <laughs> get him out." <laughs> So they, we so, get they, there. so they had to call Abraham to come out of the fire. And when they called Abraham to come out of the fire, those that went to tell him, they got, they got scorched and done under. Mm. Now, 
in like fashion with Father Abraham and like fashion with Daniel, Daniel and and the three and the and the and the three Hebrew boys, they went into the furnace not hoping they were going to be delivered. That's right. They went in with no app with no apprehensions at all. Knowing they went, well, I believe, I hope, I hope, I hope he's going to deliver me. I hope. No, they went in based upon their experience with the Most High and knowing that the Most High was going to deliver them. And you know what? If they had prayed <laughs> prior to that, guess what their prayer would have been? Most High, we are getting ready to get put in this fiery furnace. But as you de- <laughs> as you delivered our ancestor Abraham from the fiery furnace. They would have, we, we know we that you know have the ability to, to, to deliver us also. They, 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 you know, now, I, 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 I got to call it, but listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. We have an old saying in the church when I grew up called plead the blood. Mm. Well, that word plead is a pleading, it's a legal term. It's a legal term. So when we are in the process of talking to the Most High in the state of necessity, we make a pleading to the Most High based on the legalities that are written in his manuscript that govern our our relationship. We make a pleading based upon the law. Mm -hmm. You can't go to court and make a pleading based on policy. You have to make a pleading based on law. When you come before the Most High, you have to be able to make a pleading based upon his law. And if you don't know it, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I know that when I pray, Jesus hears me. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I want you to keep thinking that. And when you get to heaven and you ask Jesus if he's there, he might not even be there himself since he violated the majority of the mitzvot to the most high. He's defined as wicked. Mm. He may not not make the cut. He may not make the cut. He may not make the cut because he's Greek anyway. He's not Hebrew. He's Greek. And if he's Greek, he falls into the category of Gog and Magog and the European nation that the Most High is going to bring war against. Oh, yeah, that's in text, too. Uh-oh. Now, see, you see all them crunching on all them toes. You stepping off. <laughs> but you know what? I think, I, I think, I think, I think, I think we've given enough tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I think we've it's given good. enough tonight. Oh, man. You know, that the, the, uh, that pause right there was like, man, we could probably go for another three hours. Oh, with absolutely. This. Yeah. But let's end it with these words. Yeah. And all that we have talked about this evening as we come to closure of this podcast, I leave with you these words. Let us hear what the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, the set up our spirit, is saying to your heart. This has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And And this this has has been been Hebrews Hebrews in in exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.